Deep in the bowels of Moore Hall Podcast Room, two mild-mannered CM Life newspaper editors harbor an unknown power. With this power comes great responsibility. Hearken now your ears to the raving geeks! Maybe my name really is Marvin Borcello. We gotta see the birth certificate. Yeah, I've gotten hidden. Me and Obama's birth certificates are both hidden at the bottom of the Atlantic. Valuable prizes, man. Valuable yeah. prizes. Well, here we are again, guys. Back on the Raving Geeks. And uh, there's a lot of news to cover, apparently, out there in the geek sphere. Who would have thought? I know, right? Constantly updating news. Batting a thousand here, brother. Wouldn't it be interesting if we were in some kind of field involving that constant news cycle? I think it's called journalism, or maybe journalism. I think that it's a soft J. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Quote J- 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 it's a corner Elizabeth. J-J. But yes, yes, we have lots of news today, so we're going to kind of focus on that. We're, we're going to do our usual middle segment. We're just going to focus on the news. But uh, hey, Marvel fans, guess what? Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> hey, we called it, by the way, too. We did. We called this like, like two weeks ago. Like the first episode, man. We that were, too, yeah, yeah. We were talking about this a long time, but Spider-Man, ladies and gentlemen, is back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Can we just get, like, a round of applause or something? Woo, yeah. Good Here job. Go. Good job, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin Feige just, Here we are. just killed it. Yeah, so he is back. Um, apparently, all the rumors of Sony doing a deal with the devil, a.k.a. Disney and Marvel, yeah. uh, all came true exactly like how we had all pretty much talked about it. And Spider-Man is back. Uh, they're going to share equal rights. Uh, they're going to have a lot of creative control, still Sony, but at the same time, Marvel's going to be directing the soul of this character, as it probably should have been since the very beginning. In the interview hacks done by the North Koreans, right? Yeah. Was, there, was that kind of how this started to leak out? Is, was there information in those emails? Thank, you know what? Let's, let's thank the North Koreans for a second. I'd like to thank the North I'd Koreans. Like to, I'd like to things. thank Kim Jong-un personally yeah. for all of this jazz because, yeah, I mean, everything in those leaks basically turned out to be true. Amy Pascal is, like, really big into this concept of trying to, like, revamp Spider-Man as their main piece. Yeah. Obviously, if you heard, she's stepping down because of all these leaks. So, I don't know. This is kind of her, like, last last gasp. For those who don't know, who is Amy Pascal? Amy Pascal is the, is the chief. Uh, she's the board chair of Sony Entertainment. Um, she's been kind of leading the charge for a real long time. But, yeah, the, a lot of those leaks came from emails directly from her. Um, and as we all saw, they were in massive talks with Marvel trying to figure this out. We thought they were bullshit, but apparently the North Koreans, uh, they did a number on us, and everything turned out to be true. So I guess we owe the North Koreans a solid now. You know? I uh, I don't like communists. Mm. I think we proved that uh, the last episode. Yeah. By the way, if you're on uh, iTunes, check out every episode of The Raving Geeks. Scroll down about a quarter finger roll. A quarter finger roll. It's right under there, yeah. Lots of prizes. Um, yeah, but... Uh, so what are the details of this? Are we getting a new actor? Is he involved? What movie is he involved in, first of all? Because we had talked about on our... You know, we were kind of speculating about this, that he was going to be a part of Infinity War Part 1 uh, or Part 2, whichever we were talking about. We were right back then, by the way, but I don't remember <laughs> You're right about everything. Yeah. I just think what people need to like, you know, respect our reverence, man. But I think but. I had heard that there's going to be some solo movies as well, and I'm a little worried personally that we're going to see a third origin story of Peter Parker, which everyone already knows by now and everyone's grandma could say in their geriatric sleep. So, I mean, like, what's kind of the game plan? Has that been decided yet? Well, not necessarily, but there's there's some, some stuff going on. So the first big thing that's going on is that, yeah, they're going to have to recast. Recast indefinitely. Which is kind of sad. I thought Andrew Garf- Garfield was pretty good. Yeah, but, um, you know, there's there's a big split, you know. Even with Tobey Maguire, people still love Tobey Maguire as much as they 
said that they hated him. He was kind of a quintessential Spider-Man for a real long time. I, I don't know. I just never really liked him as Peter Parker. He was just such a dope. Which sure. I guess, you know, Peter Parker is, sure. But, I mean, I thought he would. He was better as, like, more of a quippy, awkward kid the way that Garfield was, you know? Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, honestly, if you could just, like, meld those two characterizations in together, like, together into one, yeah. that, to me, is, like, the perfect Spider-Man. I think Garfield looked a lot more like Spider-Man while in costume, too. He did. He was a lot leaner. He was a lot more acrobatic. He did a lot of his own stunts on those, too. And I'm not really sure if Tobey Maguire did or not, but I know for a fact that Garfield did. Most likely not. But, yeah, they'll probably recast. Um, and that was a big part of, like, the, the Sony thing is that, like, if if Marvel got it, Marvel was very, very clear that they did not want Andrew Garfield at all. Just because I think they felt that he represented something in that franchise that was really kind of maligned. You yeah. know, something that wouldn't really carry it into their storylines. So, yeah, they're going to recast. Um, they are talking some solo movies, but those are way down the road. Those are not anything on the Phase 3 slate. Um, so we'll figure that out. But no, no, Infinity War is actually not his first appearance. He is going to appear in Civil War ah, first. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, which, cool. ma- which makes me kind of think, you know, we, we, we spoke a while ago about how they would integrate him if they could get him. Right. And uh, apparently what I've heard is that when they put that deal on the table... Marvel's like, okay, here's X amount of money, which I found out was not even that much. It's almost minuscule. It's almost nothing. Said, okay, here's here's our profit sharing, and by the way, we already have a script where he's already written in. We can plug him in now. Geniuses. So, I mean, like, yeah, they thought way ahead and put that on the table. Mm. It was just the release date for that is 2017, right? Yes. So we're probably going to get start to get uh, casting details pretty soon, right? Well, actually... No, it's 2016. Oh, it's 2016. Yeah, because the big thing wow, that they were trying still. to compete with was uh, Batman Superman. Oh, yeah. You and know what? I think Infinity War Part 1 is in 17. Yeah, it's something. Much, yeah, the next stream or whatever. But Yep, much, wow. much further down the road. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to see him very soon, uh, which is really cool. And the story that we all wanted him to see in... Yeah. Anyway, I mean, so. we were kind of lamenting the fact that he wouldn't be in this, you know, because he was such an integral part well, of Well, fuck war. us. Look and at this. Yeah, here we go. You know, shame on me. Absolutely, once. man. What's kind of cool, too, is that people are talking about this casting, right? And there's been kind of that popular opinion that, like I was kind of voicing earlier, you know, are we going to see a third cornbread white kid playing Spider-Man in the same circumstances? We've got to see another relationship with another Mary Jane and, like, another yeah. Uncle Ben death and everything. And a lot of people, there's started to be kind of this – uh, growing support base now for uh, for Miles Morales, which we had talked about before. Yes. Who is a uh, Latino and African-American uh, version of Spider-Man in the Ultimate Comics run right now. Yes, he and is. And he's, you know, he's become one of my favorite characters over the last couple of years. Yeah, he's actually become pretty beloved in, the, like, the greater consciousness. And, and it'd be an interesting move, too, because, I mean, Marvel is, is always criticized that they have, like, these, like, their big properties are white males. Well, yeah, you look at all the Avengers, they're... All white men except for Black Widow. Yep, yep. And then uh, you know you've got Black Panther, right? Yeah. Which is, I mean, let's face it, is I mean he's a symbol of, you know, the the civil rights era. Yeah. But he's really kind of like a token character. That's basically what he was created for. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of sucks. So I mean, they could really shake the earth if they do that. There's nothing about Peter Parker that needs to be white either. They could easily make. Just a black Peter Parker. They could. Which would be fine, too. They could. I mean, there's all that uproar that we heard about the Bond thing with Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see if that's what they want to do. I doubt that they'll go that route. I doubt that they'll do it. I don't think, honestly, I don't think Marvel has, has the balls to do it. Really? I really don't think. You don't think, think that, I mean, they're taking risks with I know. movies like Guardians and of as, the Galaxy. And as, as 
big as everything has been and as ballsy as they were getting this deal, I don't think that they're going to shake the boat that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man's one of their core characters. They've been waiting yeah. forever to get Parker back. That's Why true. would they change anything with that? Now, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's interesting to see what they're going to do with the solo movies. I don't think they're going to retell the origin story at all. I think people are very well versed in what the origin story is, and they don't really need to show that again. I mean, this will be the sixth movie appearance. Sixth movie appearance. Since... 1999. Yeah, I was going to say the first one was like early 2000s, 1999. Yep. Yeah, there yep. you go. In like the last 15, 16 years. Yep. You know, and speaking six. about how long that's been around for, I mean, do you remember that first, first Spider-Man trailer? The very, very mm, first one in not, movie theaters. Not particularly, no. It was pulled because the whole sequence in that trailer was, you know, someone's robbing a bank. You know, they have a they have a chopper. They're getting away from the cops, and the chopper starts flying through the Twin Towers, which were still up. Oh, really? And then they get caught in a big web. In between the two between towers. towers. And then, you know, 9-11 happens. That's cool, because that's such, a, like, an iconic New York thing that Spider-Man would be using the Twin yep. Towers to yep. stop those And robbers. it was just, they, they, had to, they had to push the movie back. That's too bad. Yeah. It's pretty wild. So, I mean, this is how long we've been kind of away from this character, as he really probably should be. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that's really kind of crazy. And, you know, the, the repercussions of this are pretty heavy. I think what we're going to talk about next is uh, I, I think maybe some of you have heard some wild stories about what Marvel's going to do with their universe. Uh, they're drastically changing the universe. They're killing off some of the ultimate stuff, right? Yeah. We talked about the, the battle. Well, you know, as we talked about before, everything's kind of coming to a to a head at some yeah. point. But um, the, the biggest parts are that what I heard recently is confirmed that Fantastic Four is done at the end of this year. That comic line is done. They are killing off the Fantastic Four. They may not kill them off in a grand, you know, fashion, but the comic line will be over. It's yeah. done. And uh, X Men writers aren't allowed to write any new X Men characters. No more creation of X Men characters. No more new X Men characters. Are the books ending as well? We don't know that yet. Okay. We don't know. I mean, Wolverine's dead. Right. But they're doing some really cool stuff right now with all new X Men, where basically they take the original team. And they've been transported into the future to kind of fix the mistakes of where the world was at with, like, mutant oh, rights. Because interesting. I'm not, you know, this is kind of recent uh, canon stuff for uh, for the X-Men. Basically, there was an event called Schism where Wolverine and Cyclops came to blows over a fundamental philosophical difference, and they split into two teams. And then uh, throughout the course of some other events, Avengers vs. X-Men, um, Cyclops ended up killing Professor Xavier, right? Oh, wow. So he becomes this basically Magneto-type figure among the community. So Beast goes back in time and assembles the original team and brings them into the future. Oh, and yeah, awesome. I know this sounds like kind of ridiculous, but it's oh, actually it's pretty fantastic. cool. It's pretty yeah. well executed, too. Brian Michael Bendis, who's one of my favorite writers. Total genius. Yeah, is writing this line, and it's really just really smart and cool. Um, so it'd be kind of sad to see all that stuff end. Yeah, I mean, and that's and, – and really, honestly, with everything that we've all speculated, and we've been pretty good so far, so let's keep speculating, is that – they're doing this as a huge power move to get all of their rights back from yeah. Fox. I mean, it is only a matter of time now with this deal that all those characters are going to be back in their pockets, man. I mean, Sony had held out with Spider-Man, right? They had planned to do all these new movies coming up in the next couple of years. They wanted to do, like, a, a female movie with female-based characters in the universe, and then they wanted to do, like, a Sinister Six movie and, like, a Venom movie and all these sets up, right? So they're trying to create, like, a universe that would rival the Avengers and just all of the stuff that Marvel's got going on independently, right? Can't do it. And they just kind of buckled to the almighty power of the dollar and realized that they can't compete with this stuff. Let's jump on board. And yep. it seems like Marvel is trying to use their 
market superiority right now to push out these other uh, studios and get their get the rights to their characters back. Because I mean, let's face it, they sold these rights at a time when Marvel was doing really really poorly, right? They bought they bought. I mean, Fox bought the X Men rights for peanuts, man. Yeah. And turned it into like a billion dollar industry. Million. Yeah. I don't know. Something. Trillion. Lots, lots of money. Yeah. Oodles. Oodles of money. And oodle dollar industry. There's a there's a really good line in Mad Men in a Mad Men episode. Where some hippie goes up to Don Draper. He's like, how do you sleep at night? He's like, on a bed full of money. Yeah. Spider-Man's sleeping on a bed full of money, man. Yeah. So, there yeah. You, you know, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. But, you know, honestly, those Sinister Six movie, that Sinister Six movie, the other ones that you were talking about, those aren't canned completely yet. Those would all be terrible, though. They would be awful. I just, I don't know. They would be ridiculous. Especially with Suicide Squad coming out. Like, Which I'm not even excited for that. For I mean, sure, I no. feel like they're just kind of banking on every property they can now. Yeah, I don't know. They I might think, keep I it. think we're kind of reaching the point where, like, the balloon is going to pop, you know? You know, I always try to put that off in my head, you know? Because I'm just enjoying how much all this stuff is, like, really popular again. Zero hour is coming, man. It's it's almost over, man. The apocalypse the is crisis. Yeah. crisis is coming, man. <laughs> That's right. Infinite, infinite crisis five. They could do something really, like, meta where, like, they just kind of predict, like, their next <laughs> yeah. couple of movies are going to be bad, so they just kind of, like, foreshadow, like, the universe is falling apart Everything or is gone to waste. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, and we'll see what happens. But I, I really think it's kind of strange. And the Deadpool thing, too. We talked about Deadpool dying, and we didn't have a reason. Now we have a reason. Now, oh, we, yeah. now we know why they're killing him off, because they want those rights back, too. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Either. I mean, think, okay, so I was talking to somebody, and... Um, oh, he, really? Yeah. I was talking to people, man. Get out of here. Wow. When does that happen? Uh, sometimes, you know. <laughs> Continue, sir. Anyway, uh, no, I was talking to somebody, and he mentioned that uh, he was trying to get some Deadpool swag for, for Christmas or something like that. His family was looking for some Deadpool stuff for him, yeah. and uh, they couldn't find anything new. No new merchandise whatsoever on the websites, on anything. Hmm. They're ki- not only killing off the books, they're killing off merchandise for these people. Oh, that means that they're really trying to erase these characters from the public consciousness <laughs> just so they can bankrupt these other movies and get their rights back. It, it still holds bar for them anymore, man. They, that's that's some level of super villainy alone you on know the what executive it is? side. It's, it's Disney super villainy. Oh, man, yeah. 100% something, Mickey Mouse. Something we had not even comprehended. Nope. What have we created? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Badassery from a mouse. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's intimidating, but it's it's... We'll see what happens. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, at the same time, Fox isn't slowing down. They're planning on making uh, X-Men Apocalypse, which is coming out soon. And which is going to be awesome. There's some uh, some news for some new Wolverine movies coming out, too. By the way, I'm wearing a Wolverine shirt today, yeah, ladies very, and gentlemen. Uh, good old, timing. Old school, you know? Not oldest school, though. It's the yellow and blue Wolverine. It's, it's like not the uh, brown and 1990s? Black. 1990s? Yeah, yeah. That's like uh, Jim Lee. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine. 90s Wolverine. But yeah, no, Fox is doing great. They're not going to... I mean... Honestly, I think they'll probably buckle with Fantastic Four. This next movie's probably going to be shit, despite my musings on how good the trailer was. Wasn't. Yeah. Fox has already kind of established that power. I mean, like you were saying, man, they they turned this little franchise that they got for peanuts and they turned it into this oodles of money <laughs> oodles industry, of money. you know? Oodles and poodles. And they're money. on, I mean, they're on three, four, five, what are they on, like six or seven movies they're in that up, now? They're, they're up there. It's Counting, getting, like, all the Wolverines and everything, too? Yeah, it's getting up there. I mean, and it, I mean, they got a new cast. They have all these liberties to write these new stories. And really strong talent, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think that they're going to give that up. There's there's no way I can see it happening. Yeah, I don't see them ever really getting banged. I mean, they're not facing the same kind of uh, critical failure as, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and... No. And I'm what I'm assuming this Fantastic Four movie. Will I be. mean, in, in all honesty, Days of Future Past probably should have failed miserably because you're taking two 
valuable like different sides of canon in a movie, right? You're mashing them together into some kind of like you know, just like meta meta story, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like that worked just fine. Yeah, I think it worked really well actually. Yeah, so I don't I don't think that's going away anytime soon. And you can't even integrate any of the new cast in Infinity War if you wanted to, right? You wanted to put them in the Avengers. They're all they're in the seventies and the eighties. Yeah, know, they, it's they're not work. yeah they're pretty ingrained in like historical events in that franchise too. Yeah, so we'll see. And then with the Wolverine thing, I don't know. I mean, how long does Hugh Jackman really have to play Wolverine still? Yeah, I mean, he's getting old. Real old. He's got a great physique still, don't get me wrong. He still looks like Wolverine, man. It's funny, like, he's bulking up more and more and more as time goes on. <laughs> yeah, if you look at his physique compared for, like, the most recent Days of Future Past and then, like, his first appearance in Wolverine. Oh, yeah, he's a twig, even, man. Yeah, his near look close. Absolute twig. There's actually a meme of, of Rock through the ages, the oh, yeah. Rock Dwayne Johnson. And it, like, shows him, like, you know, getting bigger and bigger, and the last picture is just, like, a boulder. <laughs> the rock has actually transformed just himself an- into anamorphing, a fucking rock. Anamorphing into yeah, a rock. anamorphing into a rock. Wild. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, how long is it going to be until they recast Wolf? And I don't know. It's really going to be kind of a sad day, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's really made that character his own. I grew up on that they shit. Were, uh, it was pretty interesting if you look back at like some of the old casting that they wanted to do. Like Mel Gibson was almost Wolverine. Oh, God. Bob Hoskins, I think, oh. was almost Wolverine. Oh, God. What? Bob Hoskins? They wanted like a like a short, like kind of, I don't know, older-looking guy. What is this, like like middle-class Wolverine or some shit like that? I mean, they would have given him a hairpiece Factory on. Factory Wolverine? Yeah, yeah. Comes home from a hard day working on the line, cracks open a cold one with his animanium claws. That's dude. That's totally what Wolverine like does in the art. comics, though. Like he comes home from like the fucking lumberyard and Guess. cracks open a couple of Canadian brewskis. God, I never like realized like that's like almost like an Archie Bunker character. That's pretty much well, not as like fat and or racist. Probably not as racist. No, you know Canadians. If, cool. he, if he's alive that long, he's probably pretty culturally sensitive. Yeah, you know he's, he's down. been around since like the colonial ages. Yeah. Do you think Wolverine marched in the civil rights? You know? Wouldn't that be a cool story if he was like helping the Underground Railroad? Hell yeah, man! That'd be interesting. Oh yeah, freeing slaves. Yeah, somebody could totally do that story. Why don't we do that? Going into business, writing Wolverine. Yeah, comics? can you draw? No, <laughs> no. I could write. He sure. could write too. We That's... could co-write and imagine. But yeah, it's uh, Marvel. Marvel's on a on a war path right now, and they are totally winning. But uh, on the DC side of things. No more real news on Batman Superman. Guess what? I was completely... Okay, so all this this thread of us being right on everything, I admit I was I was absolutely wrong. Were you singularly wrong or were you both wrong? I was singularly okay, wrong. Okay, so I still have a perfect yeah, you're, record. Yeah, you got a reprieve all this right, time. Keep me on the board then. I'm not going yeah, to... Yeah, one point Malachi is still guy. I got like 15, so... Whatever. Okay. Get asked it. All right, Doc. what are you wrong about? Let's focus on that. That's what's Batman versus right? Superman had no trailer in front of Jupiter Ascending. Mm. That means that those poor bastards... I didn't even know that movie ...paid 13 yet. bucks to go see that awful movie, <laughs> sit through a bunch of shitty trailers, and then had to sit through that piece of crap. What were the reviews like for Jupiter Ascending? Oh, just really awful. Really? The people, people were just like... One of the things I read was that, like, the Wakashi brothers are, like, now, like, M. Light Shyamalan. Oh, yeah. So they've just, like, been reduced to all of that, so... What I had heard, uh, which was kind of interesting, is now that they're not the Wachowski brothers, the, the Wachowski oh, yeah. siblings, because one of them went through a uh, gender change, right? Yes, I apologize. Yes. Um, not to, you know, make light of what you were saying. Sure, but, sure. But honestly, some people thought that, you know, these early movies that they made were all about, like, isolation, like these, you know, being on the outside and a fringe of society and everything. Sure. And, you know, once... Uh, Lana, formerly Larry, made the change and kind of, you know, was healthy again. They kind of lost some of their artistic voice is what, you know, Probably. some people thought out there. Hey, man, sometimes sorrow really brings it out on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's, good, uh, it's got a 22% score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Yikes. It's got a 6 out of 10 on IMBD, which is usually pretty generous. Yeah, no. 
what's this? What's this say? Channing Tatum could have been a lot more furry in Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> ah, concept art would have made him more some kind of fur man, beast-like animal. He looked pretty furry in the trailers, man. Oh yeah, he's got some fur going on. He looked kind of weird. He looked like Sabretooth. I'm glad he wasn't much more furry. No. Anyway, sorry that to w- anyone who had to go see that movie. That would have made Magic Mike a whole lot weirder. <laughs> is that is that, that Buscemi? Buscemi's in that movie too. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. They didn't even need to put any alien makeup on. No, him. not at all. Hey, Steve, just act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. But yeah, no, I, I was wrong. I'm really disappointed too. I was really, really amped. So why did it? Was that a rumor? I thought that was confirmed that it was going to be. You know, a lot of people said it. There was actually a, a run sheet. I don't know. Maybe Snyder pulled it. Hmm. You know, the guy's pulling a Nolan. He was. It must have been a pretty early teaser, right? Are they done filming now? Oh, it's it's done. They're wrapped. It is completely so done. Post production. They're just doing all post. I mean, this is going to take them a year to do post. Yeah. That's pretty insane, but I get it. It's kind of the industry we're in now. They want to do it right. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really pissed off. But that being said, there is a silver lining. Again, on Arrow, on TV, there's some crazy shit going on. Um, apparently, the writers and Jeff Johns are in talks of turning John Diggle, Arrow's sidekick, uh, the black driver, as he says himself. He's like, oh, I'm just a black driver. No, no, man, you're so much more important. You're so much more important to the team, man, is apparently... Might get a power ring, and might become a Green Lantern, which is absolutely nutty. I can't even fathom it. Where's this coming from? A bunch of places. Screen Rant has reported it. Actually, uh, the actor uh, David Ramsey, they asked him about it. Yeah. You know, they said your parallels of your character to John Stewart, who is you know the Black Green Lantern, uh, are pretty palpable. And he said, yeah, they're actually talking about it. And he kind of slipped. And he's like, I really don't know anything. If I knew something, I wouldn't tell you. But I really don't know. But apparently they're considering it, which hmm. is pretty crazy. I mean, they've introduced uh, Ferris Air a bunch of times all over the show. Every time they fly out of somewhere, it's out of Ferris Air. So, I mean, it's kind of written into the show already. But, uh, wow, if they take that step, I mean, good, good God. I mean, the budget's already pretty spectacular for, for TV. Imagine what they would have to do to... Yeah, I mean, a power ring's all special effects. Oh, yeah. You can't have, like, a guy run around with a giant green fist and, like, pretend that that's what's going on, you know? That's... Like one of those Hulk-like fists that yeah, you buy from the thinking. store? Yeah, with, like, a rope attached to it. Yeah. Zip line. In brightest day. Dude, that's a toy. Yeah. yeah I don't know, man. It's it's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens with that. That's all uh, speculation at this point. Yeah. All right. Well, what other uh, DC shows get some stuff going on? Well, I don't watch Gotham. Yes, neither I try to stay away from Gotham like I stay away from sweets and uh I avoid Gotham like the plague. Yeah. I was actually talking to someone I was at the Michigan Press Association conference this weekend in Grand Rapids. Oh were you? How was it? Oh it was delightful. Oh good job. <laughs> yes. I tipped my hat to many a man. <laughs> anyway, uh I was talking to somebody about Gotham and I was just kinda getting aggravated as they were trying to tell me how cool it was and sure. I just didn't believe them at all. Yeah. Shut your mouth right now. Yeah, I mean so okay, apparently the Red Hood gang uh is gonna be making its introduction, which is uh where the Joker has his origins. Uh, ben, you want to describe kind yeah. of their affiliation? Okay, so before we get into this Gotham bullshit, basically the uh, the Red Hood gang was a gang led by uh, one person. He wore a Red Hood and a cape, kind of like a uh, Mater D kind of suit. Yeah. You know? Um, and originally he was just kind of some one-off Batman character. Interestingly enough, in that episode, in that, that comic book, he knocks him into a vat of, of poison, right? Then he dies, he disappears for forever. Um, at the same time, the Joker was still a main character. It was like almost like simultaneously happening at the same time. But eventually someone kind of just like 
had the idea to make him Red Hood, and I think it was Alan Moore. I think yeah, Alan Moore think, was the one who concocted that because of the Killing Joke. I think joke. the first time was in Killing Joke. Yeah, right? so eventually they morphed the two, and you know, the Joker was just some deadbeat comedian trying to feed his wife. The struggle was real. Kid on the way. Kid on the way, man, trying to trying to make a buck. And so uh, he hooked up with some gangsters. They it was kind of the fall guy. He was a patsy. Yeah. Well, the whole premise was that uh, it was never the same guy in the hood. They would trade the hood each time. Yeah. Um, so even if somebody got caught, you know, it didn't matter. They weren't the leader. It was just yep. somebody. So they, they basically had him as a patsy. Right? But he wasn't a part of this gang. He was just a new, new like, add-on. Right. Yeah, he was real he, uh, nervous about everything too. The chemi- he worked at Ace Chemicals as mm-hmm. that was like his second job when yep. he wasn't trying to tell some jokes. So he had an end to this chemical factory where they were going to steal shit. I don't yep. know why people always try to rob chemical stores. I don't know, and it, well, it kind of has like the the mimic of Batman One too, right? Because Batman One was pretty influenced by the Killing Joke. In fact, Tim Burton said that he has never read a comic book in his life because he can't understand them. But then when he read the Killing Joke. Like, it totally made sense to Yeah, him. that's on the hardcover copy that I have of Killing Joke. It's got Tim Burton quote on there. Yeah. Something about, like, this is the first comic I ever loved. Whatever. Who like the that. fuck cares? Tim Burton sucks. Yeah, I don't really like But that. anyway, the point is is that uh, they melded these these two characters together, and then the Red Hood kind of thing was just the de facto Joker, Joker origin. So now they've introduced him, this Red Hood character, into Gotham. It's coming up. And uh, at the same time, they showed a really little flashy promo of a kid and locked up in Arkham, laughing his ass off. So, yeah, they're going with the Joker. They're going with Kid Joker, man. This is my entire problem with the entire show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How can you have a rogues gallery assemble itself before Batman? Yeah. The whole point of the rogues gallery is that it's a response. Like, Batman comes in, and in year one, he basically wipes out all of normal crime. Yep, and so the freaks come out. And Batman begins, he wipes out all of normal crime within, you know, a couple of years of operation, right? So the city's response, the criminal underground response, as you see in The Dark Knight, you know, the response to Batman being there is, you know, this Joker, these kind of more crazy characters, even in The Long Halloween, which we brought up last week, is, you know, that's a line, now it's the the freak city, you know? Yep. Maroney and Falcone are trying to maintain their power, but, you know, you got all these crazy-ass... You get the penguin, some dude running around dressed like a penguin. Yeah. Yet, you know, you know, Mr. Freeze, some freezy guy. And Joker's, I mean, if you look at Joker's, like, characterization in Long Halloween, he looks weird. I mean, he's got this long chin and oh, shit yeah. like that. He looks like a He's mutant. got, like, 10,000 teeth. Yeah, it's weird. But, you know, it's interesting, other than just, like, the character, you know, devices of the response to Batman. I mean, that is, like, a core philosophical tenet of the entire story. Right. Is that, like, you know, what will all this, like, suffering do to not just one man, but to an entire city? And, uh... <laughs> I mean, introducing all these characters as kids, like he knows who all these people are. Yeah, it's like if like, they all went to high school together. Wouldn't or that make like his quest a whole lot easier? Oh, Dan's down the street. He's the Riddler. All right, fuck you, Dan. Well, it just doesn't make any sense, too, right? Because Batman's supposed to be like a response to this huge like crime epidemic in the city. Yeah. But if you have Jim Gordon run around in his twenties stopping all of these people because he's going to stop them at some point, yeah. right? Otherwise, Jim Gordon's just going to be super incompetent. Like, nobody's really comes out on top. Yeah. Because at the end of this show, Batman has to show up. Yeah, and interesting thing enough, too, is that, like, Jim Gordon didn't really show up in Gotham until, like, I mean, shit, Bruce Wayne was, uh, like, a 20-something. Yeah, you know? in Frank Miller's uh, year one, he shows up basically the same time that Batman comes back from his training out in the Far East. Yeah. And they both kind of start on parallel journeys to clean the city up. And this is, I mean, you talk about your reasons, but that's my reasoning for hating this show so much is that, like, you know, these are, like, really, really strict pieces of canon that obviously are pretty malleable. You can change them and, you know, do what you want with them, but to just totally throw them out the window. Yeah, I mean, we talked before. You can play with a lot of things about Batman. You can kind of play with the way that he deals with criminals and his costume and his gadgets and everything, even the time setting and 
you know, the way Gotham City kind of operates. But you don't really mess with the his relationship with the rogues gallery. That's no. something that's been pretty constant. Or Gordon. You're or right, Gordon. and Jim Gordon, right. I mean, that's like, that's his main go-to guy. And I don't know. It's pretty, pretty screwy. The show could be great. I don't really know. I'm never going to give it the benefit of the doubt, honestly. I'm never going to watch it. So, so some people have told me it's brilliant, and it told if you're if you're a, you know if you're a geek you're into it. Sure. Some people said if you're a fan of television, it's probably the worst watch on television right now because it's, really? it's so slow. It's oh, wow. so ridiculously slow. I mean, I remember watching just one episode for a second, and it was like like a a close up shot, like a GoPro shot of Jim Gordon running. Well, and here's the thing weird. too: this is going to be season one, episode seventeen. So we're in the first season, and they're already starting to kind of dig out a lot of these characters. Like, what are they going to do next? Right? How are they going <sighs> to? Oh, it just makes me mad, man. Makes me mad. Just the idea of like a little kid Joker sitting in a cell laughing is just so cringing to me. Yeah, like I just want to like, I don't know, harm a child. Ay ay ay. Well, it's really the children's fault that this happened. Oh, absolutely. If children weren't a thing in our society, we wouldn't have to deal with this. <laughs> Funny thing about kids. Okay, so uh, George Carlin. Yeah, George Carlin was the. He's kid. a man. He's a he was an adult and he's dead now. Yes. So. What a, well, no, no, I'm getting to a what point here. Children, I'm getting to a point about kids here. <laughs> Relax, buddy. All right, I'm all so fired up now. Hey, fire up chips. Um, so basically, George Carlin was the conductor on oh, Thomas yeah, the Tank yeah. Train. I know where you're going. With yeah, this. yeah. So there's a stand-up line yeah. where he's like, he's like, oh, you know, why don't you care about the kids, George? Why don't you go there? Fuck the kids. I know the kids. I'm the damn conductor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So cool. The kids suck. Um, we're gonna move on. We're not gonna do our middle segment. I think. Uh, We've got some recommendations for y'all. Yeah, let's just head right to Rex and, uh, and wrap this puppy up. You guys are probably tired of hearing us anyway at this yeah, point, right? Yeah, we're rambling. Raving. Ra- yeah. <laughs> Raving geeks. It all comes home. Hey. So, you, can, you can go first. So I was thinking about this, and I didn't want to really do something comic booky because we were talking about so much comic book shit today. But uh, I don't know. Do you uh, do you know much about the uh, revolutionary known as uh, Che Guevara? There, Malika? <laughs> this isn't going to be a promo for those crappy shirts or posters. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> screw that. Screw that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm familiar with the Che. Well, do you like Benicio del Toro? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, well, a little little known fact. Well, it might be pretty well known, but uh, he actually starred as uh, Che Guevara in a big long biopic a couple years ago. Oh yeah. God, it had to be almost like almost shit five years, ten years ago. Okay. Wow. What was it called? It was just simply called Che, hmm. and it uh, focuses in two parts of his life. I think I've seen uh, I've seen this on Netflix. I never watched it. It is a wonderful film. If you guys can uh, find your Netflix and get on it, then definitely watch this movie. It's really cool. Um, it's not so much super historical. It's pretty dramatized, uh, but it does definitely cover these like two important parts of his life. It talks about the Cuban Revolution, mm-hmm. uh, shows him fighting that revolution, and there's all these like really cool like bits of narration of him like basically reading his handbook of his guerrilla warfare book. Uh, which is, it kind of was his diary while he was in the war too. Yeah. Uh, so you got all these scenes of uh, lush Cuban warfare with all these like really like poignant uh, lines. I love my warfare lush. Yep, absolutely. It's the jungle baby. And well hydrated. Yep. Some well hydrated warfare. So and then the second part of it uh, covers his death. He uh, tried to inspire revolution throughout South America in yeah. the same way that he did in Cuba. Failed miserably. Couldn't bolster the same kind of support. No one really wanted it as bad as they did. They didn't have Fidel. Fidel was kind of a, you know, driving figure and all of that. Yeah, Fidel's probably like the Paris Hilton of that <laughs> whole conflict. Just a real power player. Pretty much. Doesn't do shit. Smokes cigars. <laughs> yeah. You know, waves his fist a little bit. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chase dying in the forest trying to, you know, yeah. fight his way out. But uh, it's really cool. If you like biopics and, like, historical stuff, 
it's definitely definitely a good watch. Oh, cool. How long is it overall? Oh God, when I saw it in movie at uh, the movie theater, it was it had an intermission of about thirty minutes, and each one is about two hours. Wow. Yeah. So I sat there for like a good five hours. How, so, how expensive was that ticket? Oh, it was really cheap. It was actually in Ann Arbor. It's kind of snobby, but yeah, of course they'd be playing. You know, in Ann Arbor we had the Che Guevara film, and uh, I got to watch it. But yeah, it was it was a cool you know cool watch then. Okay, I watch it sometimes. Well, I'm gonna take a complete 180 from historical documentary and talk to you folks a little bit about uh, Pacific Rim, <laughs> which, if you're not familiar, is a movie about you're going essentially. From- from one Del Toro to another Del Toro. Yes. Wow, we had, we didn't plan this at all. Guillermo. This is great. Um, and this movie is essentially about... So if you took uh, the entire conflict in South America, right, <laughs> and you replaced... <laughs> with, with, instead if, of South Americans, it's robots. If you replace the the communists with Godzilla-like monsters... Sure. And, uh, Out of stretch. The, you know, the government with uh, giant Transformer-esque uh, punching machines. No doubt. That's essentially the same thing. It's based, I mean, enough said, right? That's, okay, wrap it up. We're good. See you guys next week. Pacific Rim is a fantastic film if you like being in IMAX. <laughs> fantastic film. Have you ever seen oh, Pacific God. Rim? I have. Actually, I really like it a lot. I've got a huge heart on it. It's for pretty cool. Rim. It's silly as fuck, but it's That's really cool. That's why I cool. love it. Okay, so like, if you were ever a kid in the bathtub and you had like a robot toy and Pew! a dinosaur toy, Pew! it's essentially like that movie Pew! if you had like a you know four hundred million dollar budget to remake. You know, <laughs> it's so a big fucking bathroom. So they have uh, there's like an interdimensional portal that rips open in the Pacific uh, Rim. There you go. Roll credits. Oh wow! <laughs> and, there's uh, actually a rim. In uh, the Pacific? Yeah, like these the Pacific Rim is like a geographical area. Oh, oh right. Yeah, so the world has to kind of band together against these gigantic Godzilla-like monsters, and they essentially are just like Godzillas, Yeah, they which they, is pretty cool. They're just massive monsters. And so in response, you know, what do they build? Uh, not, you know, turrets that fire at the rift so that oh, no. anything that comes up. No, we get dirty, the human race. Yeah, no atomic weapons, man. Those are my knuckles cracking. Is, Hopefully yeah. you guys got that over the audio. We build giant machines to punch these things to death. Absolutely. And as a man who enjoys watching giant digital things punch each other, sure. through things, onto things, at one point a giant battleship is used as a baseball bat. <laughs> It's fantastic. It's like the same thing with uh, Battleship, right? Battleship was like the same way, like a Pacific Rim. Yeah, but I, I don't think that it's nearly as dumb as that. It's, it's. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty goofy. It's like watching some kind of like, uh, if you ever watch like Gundam, you know, like oh, yeah. all, all the characters are totally stereotypes. God. There's like the cocky Australians. There's like the Russian machine, which is called Chernobyl Red. Oh God! And they're two like huge blonde hulking things, and I basically that was the, name. the uh, the Russian machine has like pistons in its fists, so that when it punches, it extends its fist for extra punching. Wow. Uh, there's like the American team that like gets by on like grit and you know determination. Uh, there's like the samurai uh, female Japanese warrior. There's uh, Idris Elba in there as like kind of a regal British badass figure. Oh, he's awesome in that movie. He's man. really good. He's yeah. fantastic. Anyway, I mean, if you just kind of, I don't want to say turn your brain off, right? But don't go in there expecting Shakespeare. Go in there expecting things fighting each other. I don't know. He's got some pretty prolific lines, man, when he's trying to rally the troops. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that whole thing about, like, would you rather die in a Jaeger? And it's just like, ah! They do a really like, good job of, like, this giving you a sense of scale in that movie, though. So basically what you're telling me, it's Braveheart with, with robots. If you replaced William Wallace... <laughs> With Idris Elba. With 700 tons of steel. <laughs> and uh, Richard the Lionheart with a reptilian 
fire-breathing monster. I can see it, man. I mean, the effects are great. They fight in the city. They fight in the ocean. They fight deep, deep beneath the ocean. Uh, they, like I said, they give you a great sense of scale. You really feel the weight of these things as they're moving around and yeah. hitting each other. They have some cool weapons in it, too. It's not just all fists. They have, like, swords and, and guns and stuff like that, too. Did you see it in the movie theater? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I saw it in IMAX 3D. Holy crap. Yeah, and there's a scene where they kind of put you in the cockpit, right? And you just kind of feel what it's like to be in one of those things. Yeah. And in the theater, you know, I really felt like I was in it. It was sure. great. Sure. So, yeah. Beauty of IMAX, Charlie man. Day is in that movie. Charlie, Charlie Day, from, Day is in that movie. From That's... It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Ron Perlman's in it as, like, another side character. They just have, like, goofy shenanigans for part of the film. Totally weird. Yeah, it was great. Well, guys, I think we've nerded out uh, plenty. So thank you for listening. Always uh, follow us on iTunes. Uh, you can also find our material on cmlife.com. That's cm-life.com. If you'd like to give us a shout-out, uh, make fun of us, or tell us that we suck, we always welcome those kind of comments at, uh, what is it, news at cm-life.com. That is correct. So until next time, guys. Be south. Go ahead. You earned it. I earned it this time? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, thanks, buddy. Until next time, guys, same bat channel, same bat network.